Really, the goal is just to use our stories to bring veterinary medicine to life for the pet caretakers of the world. Uh, and we're doing it because we believe that educating these caretakers is the most powerful thing that we can do to improve the life quality of all of the pets that we love. Okay, let's do it. I'm Dr. Natalie Keith. Dr. Josiah Dame. Vet Tales. Mm-hmm. Northside Veterinary Hospital. Yes. Here we are again. Here we are. Um, Dr. Keith keeps giving me kind of tough slash controversial topics. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, our last one was the Rainbow Bridge together. Which um, was a tough one. That's a tough one. And then uh, our next topic is not challenging for the same reasons, but for all new ones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them what Lots it is. Lots of opinions. We are going to be talking about nutrition. Yeah. So dog food and cat food. Yeah. I was like thinking of things that what could be like universally helpful for people. And I was like, everyone feeds their pet. Everybody does it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you want to keep them around for very long, it must be done. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a big topic. There's a lot of misinformation out there. A lot of marketing and propaganda and uh, opinions. People get very, very passionate about food um and other people like don't care at all and maybe are undervaluing the importance of yeah their food choices and maybe we'll hopefully less clear up the muddy water mm -hmm. slightly yeah um, by doing this and we're not gonna gonna be able to cover every topic obviously since mm -hmm. it is like this is coursework basically like you could spend years uh-huh people do yes um learning researching etc yeah. But hopefully we make uh, it a little bit more clear at the end of it of what is it most important yeah, when and, picking a diet. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, a great intro. Like we can always go back more, like break it down more. What if you have food sensitivities? What if you need prescription food? What about mm -hmm. supplements? Da, 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 da. Um, but we want to just like highlight a lot of the big broad stuff first. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Um, I think maybe the best part to start with, be just like commercial diets, like your normal dog food that you buy at the store. Let's talk about what's important and what's not. Yeah. I think the biggest thing, uh, which came about in the 90s, I believe, um, is the AFCO statement, mm -hmm. which is usually the first thing I tell people, like, hey, if you're going to go buy a food, um, make sure it has an AFCO statement. Yeah, which is A-A-F-C-O. And that means Association of American Feed Control Officials. That sounds so important. So important. And it's a private nonprofit organization, meaning it's not tied to any of the dog food companies. Yes. Um, and it defines the ingredients used in animal feed and food. And they get a approval of their diets through AFCO that says that this food has everything that your dog needs to, to have live a complete a balance. Complete yeah. balance, diet. normal diet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, and I think it's also important to maybe note that that these AFCO standards are based off of a two-year-old intact male, which is the highest metabolic demand of, of most dogs, with the exception, of course, of like growing puppies and um, uh, lactating females, which that goes into, a, that's a growth stage. So mm -hmm. you can have an AFCO for all life stages or just adult mature. Yep dogs and so it's something to to be aware of yeah and that's where the complete imbalance comes in because mm -hmm. that's the assurance of whatever this bag is saying it's for like a large breed puppy or a small breed puppy or a neutered or spayed female um dog that it's complete and balance for that grouping yep 
Yeah. Because yeah. large breed puppies, that is one of the outliers. Like those dogs have a, a different uh, requirement. In fact, like if you're just feeding them a normal puppy food, you're going to get your calcium phosphorus ratios off. Their bones aren't going to grow at the right rate. We're going to, you know, risk potentially having, um, uh, you know, more arthritis issues down the line. Um, so it's just all sorts of important details that go into those kind of species or not species, uh, breed specific feeding recommendations. Yeah. And for the client in me a little bit, where do you find the AFCO statement? On the back of the bag. On the back of the bag. Yeah. yeah. And then complete imbalance usually will be on the front. Yes. And I also want to just talk a little bit about the back of the bag in sense of uh, it will give you feeding recommendations. Mm -hmm. But listen, y'all, again, it is for a two-year-old intact male. If you have a seven-year-old spayed female, she doesn't need that much. You're going to feed typically 20 to 25% less than what it's recommending because she doesn't need as much energy to maintain her body weight. And, exactly. And they just go bloop and yep. they get all chubby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like my dog. Um, I don't feed him what is exactly recommended on the back of the bag. I feed him less than that. Um, of course, what do we use to kind of base on how much should we feed is, I guess, kind of the next move uh, thing that we could talk about is the biggest kind of scale for us is not necessarily the scale. It's the body condition score. Right. And going off of, okay, where's your dog on the body condition score? Right. Which is a scale that is created. Um, there's a couple, there's a couple of them. Actually, yeah. Purina's is one through nine. Um, mm -hmm. Purina has a scale. And it basically it says, can you see fat on the dog? Can you see the ribs? How is the, the stomach kind of tucking underneath the mm -hmm. dog? Um, or is it hanging? Um, it helps you classify, okay, this is where this dog is. It's probably... X amount of pounds overweight yeah. comparing it on the scale, the body conditions like or scale. Yeah. And then that kind of helps you to decide, okay, yeah, let's cut back on the food. Mm -hmm. Um, cause with my dog, he will gain weight over a week yeah. if I'm feeding him a little bit more or he gets into the cat food, et yeah. cetera. And so that sometimes even shifts how much I'm feeding him the following they week. They love cat food. They love cat food. So yeah, when he gets into that food, I'm like, okay, I probably need to cut back on you know, for a little bit if mm -hmm. he's gotten up to like 20 pounds because he should be 18. Yeah. And then I kind of work our way back down. And how I tell that is his body condition score. So yeah. I'm not weighing him all the time, but I can't feel his ribs as well anymore. His his stomach starts He loses to, a little tuck. Yeah. His stomach starts to, he gets a beer gut. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it is belly. kind of like people, you know, it's the same thing, like, you know, uh, weighing yourself obsessively all the time may not be healthy, but like when your clothes don't fit good, yes. right? You need to like modify That's kind of your plan. The th yeah. The thing is like when he's looking... Like his belly's gonna hit the floor because he's a dachshund. Um, I'm like, oh, mm, cut back on your food a little bit, yeah. you know, a certain percentage, and then reassess. Yeah, yeah, and it is a balance, um, it, and it does change throughout their life. What they need at one stage may not be what they need going down the road, mm -hmm. and so, um, so yeah, keeping an eye on that. And then, of course, if you're adding anything else into their diet, like treats and whatever snacks, that kind of thing, that's gonna all impact how much you're feeding them. Exactly. As well. Yeah. And then I guess we can talk about um, with with treats. A lot of people will decide that they, maybe they want to supplement the diet with like vitamins. Yeah. But if you have an AFCO statement diet, you shouldn't need to. Yeah. You could actually be over supplementing them. Like they may have too much then calcium in their diet or too much of a certain, um, you know, 
mineral or something like that that could be not good for them. Um, so if they're already on an AFCO balanced diet, like there's just no need in that. Yeah. But um, on the flip side of that, I think adding in other things can be really helpful still. I, I like, you know, there's that thing where people will come in and they're in, in one of two categories. One is like their dog only eats human food mm-hmm. or they are so proud because they'll be like, we decided when Fluffy was a puppy, like no people food. Yeah. So we, he just does not get people food. And I, I think that both of those extremes are unnecessary. Like human food is actually not bad for dogs, but the human food that we shouldn't be eating either <laughs> is bad yeah. for dogs. Um, yeah. And so, you know, giving them carrots or green beans or apple slices, I mean, all those things can be really great for dogs. Max, I, every day I eat a sweet potato, pretty much every day, mm-hmm. sometimes twice. I don't know want to talk about it. It's fine. <laughs> Max always gets part of it. He loves the sweet potatoes. Doc um, got a carrot last night. Yeah. And also I have a, a almost one-year-old. So um, not him not getting people food has gone out the window. One-year-old human, let's clarify. Yes, one-year-old human. Yeah. So my dog, who is almost eight or nine, um, out the window. He eats people food now. He yeah. used to not. Yeah. But now that, that food is Max being thrown well. on the floor. Yeah, it's just game over. It's game over. But the things that my... 11 month old is eating um he's eating you know unseasoned whole whole foods which are fine so like yeah ground turkey yeah there's so few exceptions like you know you know them off the top of your head like grapes and raisins garlic onions um you don't want him to get the avocado seeds apple seeds Mm -hmm. Uh, those are the few that come macadamia nuts which i always think is weird yeah that one always eats macadamia nuts I Unless love it's in a, a cookie. white chocolate macadamia But that's it. Like in a cookie, right? <laughs> don't give your dogs cookies. Yes, don't. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, chocolate. Yes, always. So, um, yeah, I think um, for the most part, there are very few exceptions to the rule on whole foods. But should people food be their primary source? No. no. Um, yeah, if you're going to home cook your – let's just do it. Yeah, let's, let's just go. jump into that. Here we go. Home cooking. If you want to home cook your dog's food – I support you. Me too. I love it. Uh, the, the, you know, we don't have all these chemicals. We don't have all this processing. There, you know, it's not going through that extrusion process with the extreme heat. Da, 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 da. But, but you have to get it balanced, which is pretty much going to require a supplement. Yep. I, it's just not really any logical way around that. And um, there are tools out there like balanceit.com. We recommend people go there all the time and they have supplements. So like you create your diet, you're like, my dog loves spinach and blueberries and turkey. And um, I'm going to put in olive oil as their natural healthy fat and, you know, whatever the thing is. Um, And you put in what you're going to use for ingredients and they tell you which supplement then you're going to need for that dog's diet. And they have board certified veterinary nutritionists, which there's only like a hundred in the whole country. Yeah. Yeah. So the odds of a board certified nutritionist double checking our facts on this are pretty low because there's not many of them out there. (laughs) But um, if they ever hear this and there was anything that was not 100% spot on, like we are welcoming. Please email us. Yes, please. We will do a little Because you don't get a lot of this in vet school. You have to really learn it on your own, I think. Yeah. Um, there's electives and then some professors are really into it mm-hmm. and they'll bring it up. Yeah. But. And you have to be careful too about like where are you getting your information from? Because mm-hmm. if they are a company that's making money off of you recommending their food, like you've got to start questioning. Yeah. 
and then Balance It will send you that supplement in the mail. Yes. And it's like a scoop on yeah. top of the diet that they've already told you this is how much you should give. Yeah, and so handy. they will also pair you up, I believe, um, I was looking yesterday at their website, you can consult with yes. those nutritionists and you can talk to them and maybe tell you them. You as in the client. Yeah, and, and you know tell them, hey, my dog is going through a health change. And then maybe they will adjust that diet for you. Yeah. Because maybe you need higher protein, less carbs, mm-hmm. um, depending on, you know, what kind of disease you have or you need the um, life stage of the dog. Life stage and, of the dog. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, and they also will customize like how much to feed your dog based off the ingredients, how much does your dog weigh now versus what it should weigh, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're trying to gain or lose weight for your pet or if it's ideal, it will give you this like range of calories that, that, um, then translates into how many cups of food you're giving your dog of this home cooked diet. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's really cool. It's an awesome website. I've had um, people who have, have gotten to use it have had really good success. Yeah. Because a lot of them are like at wit's end because it's like a skin issue or something. They need yeah, there's to be a honest. medical reason yeah. why they've decided to make this choice. Some people just like to home cook yeah. too, you know. Me, I don't probably, ha- I don't have time to home cook. Same. Um, so personally, my dog eats a commercial diet, mm-hmm. Purina Pro Plan. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. My dogs have been on Purina One for literally 20 years unless they have like a, a need. So like Max is on a prescription joint food, yeah. which and, is, you know, a whole nother podcast. In fact, if you want to like flip over to the tale of arthritis, we talk about it there. Yeah, but definitely. Anyway. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, uh, I, I don't know, like we may get hate for this, but I don't think it's necessary to spend top shelf money on these commercial dog foods. Like don't buy the really, really low end because they're going to have way too much salt. They're going to have a whole lot more processing that, you know, the, the source of their ingredients isn't going to be as, as great. They're probably not going to have as much meat as their source of protein as they need. But like those middle of the road diets, um, like the Purinas, uh, I think are Hills. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, a step above probably yeah. cost-wise at least and then yeah cost-wise um, at least and that's always a question like are yeah. you just paying for the, the name the marketing mm-hmm. but yeah doc was on purina one for his whole life did very well on it um he started to have a lot of seasonal skin issues um so i put him on the purina pro plane sensitive skin and stomach and which probably has like loaded with fish oils loaded yeah so you could oils. alternatively you could just add in fish oils yeah you know it's you know that's it's probably shouldn't say this on a veterinary podcast, but a million ways to skin a cat, you know, and that's kind of the thing is that there's so many approaches. I think that's why people get so overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And the marketing too. The marketing is, is powerful. It's yeah. yeah. Let's talk about green free marketing. Oh yeah. That's yeah. another, there's a couple of marketing things that have happened, but green free was like all the rage, like all the rage before I went into vet school. Yes. And then as I was going to vet school, which was around 2016, and maybe before then, the FDA came out with this huge mm-hmm. thing that was like, hey, we're seeing these dog breeds that never got heart disease before called DCM or dilated cardiomyopathy. They're getting this disease. And yeah. we are figuring out why. And it was linked to grain-free diets. Yeah, it absolutely was. Um, it is interesting because it's a disease process that we also saw back in probably the 70s, which you know neither of us were here then, but... Um, where they were had cats that were just eating tuna, 
mm-hmm. and they were taurine deficient and they were developing dilated cardiomyopathy. And so then we start all of a sudden seeing this in a non-breed related way in dogs and they started thinking maybe it's diet again. And so then sure enough, when they tracked it down, they were like, oh, it's all these pea and lentil diets and boutique foods. They don't, they're not balanced. Yep. Um, and that this is not, dogs are omnivores technically they're classified more like a bear than a like unlike a cat which is going to be a strictly carnivore Mm -hmm. um and they they were just lacking what they needed in that nutrient panel so we if if somebody's like but my dog loves his grain-free food i'm like great because you also just boil him some brown rice and throw it on and throw it on top yep and we'll call it a day yeah so um you know again so there's a lot of different approaches but the marketing on that was so powerful mm-hmm. Be- clients would just tooth and nail argue with me all day long about it and uh until and we like as veterinarians we kind of knew there was something not right with this grain-free diet people were cause saying that that was the cause of the dog's skin allergies and we were all like i just don't think so man yeah like but celiac was really you know common in people at the time that everybody's going gluten-free and people and they're like oh dogs should be gluten-free too in fact let's make them grain-free mm-hmm. and uh and the, this this cart just ran way ahead of its horse and the i think another reason why that happened this is interesting and uh, another reason why i think that happened is is because the grain-free diets are usually novel protein yeah so what so is it was the, being slightly like exactly. successful yeah the skin did get better because yeah, you're on duck and pee yes it's and, the duck and it's the chicken that most dogs yeah. are allergic to if they have a true a food, food allergy. allergy it's going to be most likely chicken or beef yeah and so when they switched them to duck or they switched them to a salmon you're like Ta-da! yeah i got better and it was like oh yeah but it was yeah. the protein not the, yeah not the rice that was yes. in the food but luckily yeah so we ended up with this fda study that was like y'all grain free is not the answer yes it's not and there's a lot of research that's in um in food allergies specifically that were like y'all it's not the grain. It's not the grain. And I've seen I've seen dogs with DCM related to their food. Now the good news is you take them off the grain-free diet, you put them back on a on a diet that is um, with grains and the, a lot of that disease process will Mm-hmm. Result, you know, and some far. of those foods are AFCO labeled because they were meeting all of the the basic vitamin and mineral uh, minimums, uh, the minimum crude protein, all those things, and so it's it's scary. Yeah, it was it was tough, but we know now, and the FDA has a wonderful article on it. If you wanted to Google it, just like grain free diet canine FDA, and you can look at all the research they did. Yeah, it's, it's a really well done study. Yes. Something um, we can really hang a hat on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so the, as far as commercial diets, you know, I think that kind of hits our high points. Like we want to make sure that we're staying on uh, something that's for the signalment of the pet, m- meaning their breed, age, size, um, their, you know, are they spayed or neutered versus intact, um, all of those things. Um, we talked about, you know, high end versus low end, and then we have this grain free fad. So I kind of feel like, I feel like we've covered a lot on the commercial stuff. Yeah, I think to tie a bow on it probably would be make sure there's an AFCO statement on the back of the bag. Yeah. Make sure it says complete and balanced for to, for whatever signalment you're choosing. So age, breed, and then don't probably don't do grain free unless yeah. directed yeah. by a veterinarian. Yeah, and if your dog is uh, towards the chubby side, don't feed what it's saying on the back of the bag if your dog is not intact, especially. Yeah. So, um, okay, cool. So then, you know, we, we touched on the home cooked, but there is another type of food now Mm -hmm. that's 
growing in popularity. I personally love it. Mm. It's just so expensive. Yeah. And that is farmer's dog probably. Yeah, is what you're it is. About. Farmer's dogs, food. yeah, the fresh frozen foods. Um, that we're not going through that extrusion process. There's not extreme heat, so we're keeping most of our proteins intact. And fresh frozen, we're not saying raw that we're talking about let's, right now. Yeah, we That's just going to be a different yeah, let's, in a second. Yes, yeah. let's be clear. It is cooked. It is not raw. Yes. Um, yeah, that's a whole other can. Mm-hmm. Which we'll it. crack in a second. Yeah, we will. So essentially, um, these are used, they're whole foods that they're, you know, making a complete well-balanced diet. So you're not having to supplement these on like a home-cooked diet. It's coming like pre-complete. Um, Farmer's dog has an AFCO statement. Yes. For all of their diets. And so, uh, th- so there's, we're saying farmer's dog because that is one. There's also just food for dogs. And then I have not tried this one yet because um, it's relatively new to my knowledge, but it's called Nom Nom, which I think is so stinking cute. Nom 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 Nom. <laughs> N-O-M, N-O-M. And um, they also have a, a veterinary nutritionist on staff. All three of these companies do. And so they have um, the, the nose. They know what they're doing. The knowledge to create these really good quality foods, but I haven't tried nom nom nom. Uh, but they, uh, just food for dogs is interesting. Cause they have a lot of prescription lines as well. Oh, okay, awesome. So like if your dog has that. a yeah, they've got a veterinary prescription line. It's not like as extensive as Hills or Purina with the, with your kibble formatting, mm-hmm. but um, but they do. They're dabbling in it and exploring it, and and they also have really cool like um, so like okay so basically when you get these. It comes in this box that's got like dry ice in it and you've got these frozen pouches that then you thaw as you go to feed your dog and it comes out like squeegee like like a, you know like a, a go-gurt like a go-gurt <laughs> exactly <laughs> yummy um yeah they do look a little ugh, but my dog's obsessed they like literally if i don't have that there's pouting that happens um so anyway all this to be said um there's the just food for dogs also has this version that's more like you know how you can get like soup in in the little cartons Mm -hmm. they have that where it's um it's the dog's food in that format so if like if you're a camper or you're traveling you're gonna go on vacation um, if you need to take your dog to boarding and you're not sure that they're going to have like the refrigeration space oh, for so it. shelf stable. Thank you. Yes. That's the okay. words I needed. Shelf stable. Like almond carton. milk that's on the yes. shelf, which is more Why? of like a Why? United like how- Kingdom thing. But. Yeah. But no, it happens. I, I, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they have that version as well, which I think is only them. I think just food for dogs. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I only know most of my farmer's dog stuff so yeah i'm gonna look into just food for dogs now yeah it's really interesting so and i think price compatibility they're all really really similar yeah Um, but it can be brutal like so for my 95 pound shepherd i mean we're talking 500 bucks a month yeah and personally that's not gonna happen for my dog probably financially yeah and so we understand that too but he's doing so well on his food that I don't have that concern yeah if it became like a need then then i would assess it yeah yeah definitely um, and that's another good point is we should, uh, just to circle back a little bit, but not all foods are going to be like my dog's doing really well on this period of pro plan since his skin and stomach, but mm-hmm. another dog might not do well on it. And so absolutely it's very dog exist. specific. Yeah. Pet yeah. specific. We all, you know, just within my family, uh, my human family alone, we have all sorts of random food intolerances. Yeah. Which makes cooking interesting. Always fun. Always fun. I love it. It's such a good time. Um, 
so anyway, yeah, that, uh, do you want to dabble into raw now? Cause I think that's the last big category that yeah. I'm aware of. So raw recently, I would say like 2020, maybe a little bit before was becoming very popular. Mm-hmm. I feel like before, before, I mean, I was starting to have those talks before COVID, um, okay. where clients would be like, this is the best thing ever. And I'm like, Yes. So raw makes a lot of us nervous and, and the CDC has even started to put out things because it has become so popular. Yeah. Um, and here's why we get nervous and why I personally do not recommend raw. Mm -hmm. Um, so it is a risk for basically cross-contamination salmonella E. coli to the pet and the owner. Yeah. And that's CDC's big thing too, is that they've been putting out. So you can, uh, if you wanted to go look at that, you can put raw diets, CDC, and it'll come up with really cool infographic things uh, mm-hmm. that will kind of explain some of this. But personally, I have seen dogs get sick on raw diets or Same. it doesn't seem to be, they. I didn't double check this then, but some of the dogs that I've seen have been smaller breed dogs who probably are getting way too many fats in the food. Um, and they're dealing with a lot of like, it's not cooking out. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the liver side effects. So I'm seeing these dogs with, with, or pancreas or pancreas. So they're struggling, um, internally because of these foods, um, because it's probably too high in fat and it's just hurting and a Yorkie probably doesn't need to yeah. be on this raw diet. Yes. Um, I have a tail. Like Ooh. I try, yeah, I try to remember to put a tail in everyone. Yeah. Here's mine. Um, a client. Uh, acquired a serval kitten. Yeah. Uh, was going to breed Savannah's. Um, did, uh, in fact, but, you know, this was, uh, this has been five years ago, maybe. Yeah. Uh, six. Yeah, so this has been, but, you know, it's a serval, so it's a little different there. But anyway, they get this kitten. They've had it for, like, two weeks, and I rock up to the clinic one morning, and as I'm getting out of my car and, like, walking in the building, here comes dad holding said kitten, just like a limp dish rag. And I, I was like, this. yes, I was an assistant. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. So yeah. Six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I was like, uh, oh, man, I don't know what's going on, but it's bad. Right yeah. now. Now cliff. No, I mean, not cliff knows, but, uh, spoiler alert, right. We're talking about food. So I'm in raw diets, but here we go. <laughs> as I as I am unfolding the story, uh, he brings me said limp kitten. Now they've paid a ton of money for this cat, and she's only maybe like eight or nine weeks old at the time, nine probably nine weeks. And so we get her in, and she's you know kind of breathing fast, and sh- her temperature is through the roof. Like I think she had like a 105 temperature or something. Um, and we really don't know what's going on with her, but we suspect this is GI based off of dad's, um, having seen her vomit, like she didn't eat and then she got really weak. And so we're like, is this viral? Like, is it panleukopenia? Does she have a foreign body? She's a kitten. Does she mm-hmm. eat string? Like what's going on? So we run some basic blood work. Um, sure enough, her white counts elevated. So great. That tells us very little to narrow this down. And then it's probably not viral because her neutrophil count is so high. And so we start uh, what we call a barium study, which is we give her barium. And she's nearly unconscious, which is a good thing because I don't know how else we would have treated this cat. She was waspy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we give her barium uh, through a esophageal tube. Um, and the barium is this high contrast medium that's helping us see GI motility. So I'm trying to watch this barium throughout the day move through her digestive tract to see if we have 
a perforation? Do we have an obstruction? Like, what's is there motility? So no, no, and yes are the answers. No obstruction, no perforation, and yes, she has GI motility. But as I'm watching it, I'm like, gosh, I didn't notice her heart was big earlier. Look how big her heart is. Why didn't I catch that in the first x-ray? That's so weird. And I go back to the first x-ray, and I'm like, her heart wasn't big then, three hours ago. What is going on? Yeah. Like, what is happening? Why is her heart literally getting bigger as three hours have passed? And so I pop an ultrasound probe on her and she has pericardial effusion, meaning there's fluid in the sac that should only have the heart in it. Yeah. (laughs) And instead she's got a massive amount of fluid that's like definitely flecked. Like, so like as in um, you can see floaties, floaties in the fluid. And I'm like, this is bad. I don't know what it is, but I'll tell you one thing. It's bad. Yeah. So I, at this point, I'm panicked. And I start calling every veterinarian referral service <laughs> on planet Earth uh, or within driving distance anyway. And we don't see servals. We don't see servals. We don't see servals. I'm like, okay, cat, it's me and you. Like, we're going the distance. So I tap her pericardial fusion. I drained it out. And it literally looked like pus, like brown, liquidy, Ew. Man. Uh-huh. And so at this point, we've got her own fluids. We're doing all the things. I, uh, I At this point, we know she's septic, so we've got her on antibiotics and blah, blah, blah. Uh, long story short, she actually did really well. She recovered with the, the best guesses I could come up with on this antibiotic thing. We sent out the fluid, and it was E. coli. She had gotten food poisoning yep. from her chicken, her, yep. raw chicken, her raw chicken, and just nearly killed her. Yep. So uh, that was the day when I was like, told you guys I don't like raw food. Yeah. Now, granted, the servals are different, and I don't. I think the owner still continues to feed raw food to this day. It was kind of a fluke, but they probably do some different, like, prep work. Yeah. I don't really know. I mean, and what I saw in the Yorkie eating raw that had really high liver values, I mean, it was the same thing. It was just the infection was in the liver. Yeah. Um, you know, and it responded to antibiotics. So. Yeah. Yeah. So once you get the whole, a hold of it, but yeah, you can get sick from it. You know, the owners can get sick if you're handling the fluids of the animal, like you can get E. coli from them. And that's why. And then of course you're handling raw meat, blah, 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 which mm-hmm. we all handle raw meat to cook it unless you're vegetarian. But you know, if you're cooking meat, you're going to touch it, but you just, once that raw chicken has hit their bowl or they drag it onto the floor or they eat it and then they're pooping out the stuff. Yes, because they do shed the bacteria yes. typically in, in, in their stool. So Even if they're not getting sick, yes. you could get sick. Yes. So there's, there's, a whole, there's a whole many layers to that. Onions. Yeah. Just peeling them back. Yeah. So. Don't do raw. Don't do raw. And Please. maybe consider, instead of raw, cooking the food and getting balance it. So yeah. that, that's like a great middle ground. And like we said, we, we are not against fresh yeah. food. Or if you can do steak for your animals, just sear the outside. <laughs> <laughs> like my mom, she says, just walk by the stove with my steak and that'll do it. <laughs> Still moving. <laughs> Still moving. Um, for those of you who can't handle raw meat, they're all just puking right now yeah. silently in their cars um, or wherever you're at. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's kind of those are the big broad categories. You know, we've got commercial diets, you've got your your home cooked diets, the raw diets, the fresh frozen diets. Um, that's kind of the the big the big four. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, that's really and then prescriptions. Prescriptions. Which, prescription diets. We talked about it uh, before coming on the podcast. Like, how much do we want to delve into that? And I think that really. Um, it's kind of deserves its own space because as you're talking about these diseases, like renal disease, okay, what does the diet for that look like? 
Yeah. You know, skin disease. Okay, what does the diet for that look like? And so I think a lot of that will play out there. But just be aware that as dogs develop conditions, you may have to modify their diet to help minimize the symptoms of said disease. Yeah. Um, the Probably the most common one that I feel like we, at least yesterday, I have a tail. I had a dog come in with a bladder stone. And oh, so, yeah. Um, that. Yeah. That's one a huge diet that we end up putting dogs on. is called Urinary SO by Royal Canin. And that will change the pH of the urine, make them drink yeah. more, and can dissolve stones um, yeah, and keep right. them from reforming. And I tell clients all the time, what you're feeding your animal isn't wrong. We're not telling you to change your diet because there's something wrong with it. But what we are saying is that this food is like a medicine that can prevent the recurrence of these stones yes. by changing the urine pH. As we know, food is so important in health. It is. And like so... our, yeah, our, our, one of our biggest, um, the biggest part of our immune system is you know, your what gut. we intake, yeah, yeah, in our gut, and so sometimes when you have a health problem that probably didn't necessarily for our dogs because they're not eating fast food all the time, yeah, they're, they're not developing it because of their diet they were on, but they did develop it due to age or something. Switching them to those other foods are going to be a, give their body the tools it needs. A huge brick in the treatment yeah. wall. Absolutely, <laughs> it is a huge brick. Yeah, in the treatment wall, and it is a wall. Yeah, made of many bricks. Bricks, mortars. Yeah. Such a great analogy. Hmm. It comes up all the time. It does. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's all we have for you today. But, you know, uh, that's, just, again, just skimming the surface. And eventually we'll dive into things deeper. Um, you know, if you happen to be um, in touch with us in general, you can always ask questions. Yeah, specifically. reach out. Ask questions. Please do. Um, I think you can actually on Spotify, you, you can, can actually comment. Um, I'm waiting my, for my first one. Give us uh, five stars on Spotify. Please do. And oh, and we're on iTunes. Apple. Yeah, Apple Podcasts um, is up now. We're going to get a YouTube channel eventually, but, um, you know. One, one thing at a time here. Yeah. And as you rate us five stars and leave a review, maybe we'll read the reviews. Oh, we the should. Podcast. How fun for us anyway. We appreciate y'all. Anybody who actually is listening to this, like, this is why we're here. Yeah. Educating is like my lifeblood. That's what keeps me going. And it keeps your pets healthy and you in the know and yeah. empowers oh, you. You know what we could do is create like an honorary vet tales degree. <laughs> it has no value anywhere except for in your heart. Yeah, it's a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> it's a short quiz to see if you qualify. Everybody line up and get a sticker. You have to be able to quote sticker. one line from at least four different podcasts to prove that you listened. <laughs> and then you get, yeah. You get a sticker chart, maybe. <laughs> we just like tests. <laughs> oh my gosh. But we do. <laughs> all right. Okay, for real. That's all we got. All right. Bye, guys. Bye bye.